From the Shepherd House International in Georgetown, Guyana, Bishop Victor Connors Sabre, anointed by God, will inspire you with rare and down-to-earth but provoking teachings from the Word of God to love the Lord deeply and to devote yourself to His work. Discover how God can change your life and ministry forever. Now, here is Bishop Collins. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this wonderful privilege to be here in Kwapani. Thank you for our support. Thank you for this wonderful gathering and congregation. I pray that your purposes for our lives will be established, will accomplish whatever you sent us here for and what you put this meeting together for. Let us not leave these meetings the same as we come. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your power. In Jesus' name, somebody said, Amen. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a big hand clap and you may please take your seat. Hallelujah. Wow, what a wonderful opportunity to be here in um, Kwakwani. This is my very, very first time here. I want to thank Pastor Court for this wonderful privilege. Um, you know that you can't go to a place unless you are invited or you are welcome. I cannot just, you know, drive here and just come. You need somebody to invite you and to open up uh, unto you. In fact, Jesus said something. Jesus said that if you go, when he sent his disciples, he said, if you go and you enter, just enter into any house. And if you are received, he says that let your blessings remain there. And he said, if you are not received, dust your feet and then uh, walk away. So it's very important to be received. It is very important to be welcomed. Therefore, I want us to put our hands together for Pastor Court here in Kwakwani for receiving us. I know we are going to enjoy our few hours here in this beautiful place. Now, we are actually from uh, the Give Thyself Holy Pastors Association. And mainly, most of the people, if not all, are from um, the church that I pastor. Now, during the pandemic... Um, can, can, you, can you hear me? Can you follow me? Is my accent easy to follow? Is it good? Is it okay? Right. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, during the pandemic, the Lord laid on my heart to form a, a national pastors association. A national pastors association. What I mean is that um, bring, I should bring pastors together from the 10 regions. Hallelujah. It is not a very simple thing because you can, you can imagine, I'm sure, um, maybe Pastor Court, you have that here. You have ministers' fellowship in different localities, different regions, different districts, different areas. So I'm sure there's, there's definitely a region 10 uh, um, ministers' fellowship, which might include Aituni and Kwakwani. But I'm sure here in Kwakwani, pastors also relate. I mean, even if there's not association, I'm sure, hi, brother, how are you doing? How's church? There's some kind of relation but to bring people from every corner of this country together as one body is not a simple thing. How many agree with me that it's not a simple thing? <laughs> Hallelujah. I know there are many, many groups, in fact, in Georgetown and in the places where you can go, uh, people have all kinds of associations. We, love, we like that, we respect that, and we, we, we applaud them. But God gave us a different mandate 
And the mandate is to go to every part of this country, mobilizing and encouraging pastors to join a fellowship or an association. We call it association. I think in Guyana, many, many call these groups fellowships, ministers' fellowship. We call it association. Because the difference between ministers' fellowship and association is that your association can get you somewhere. <laughs> it's not just fellowship. It's association. An association, the Bible said, do not be deceived. For bad company corrupts good morals. It means that if you associate with somebody bad, you also can become a bad person. That's how sometimes if you're a parent or as parents, you don't want your child to follow children who are bad, who follow boys. The girls who go after men and, and the men who, who go after boys or girls. You don't want your children to be part of their company because association does something to you. Fellowship will encourage you, but association will take you further. I say association will take you further. Hallelujah. And even in the Bible, the Bible says that when, in Acts chapter 4, when the, uh, the Pharisees tried to silence Peter and John because they had healed the guy who was lame from his mother's womb who was at the gate called Beautiful in Acts chapter 3, who was healed. And then it, the whole story took them from Acts chapter 3 all the way to Acts chapter 4. And in verse 4, around verse 32, the Bible says that they told Peter and John to be quiet, to not do anything anymore in whatever name they were going around doing things. You get it? And the Bible said, Peter told them that you should, you should check yourself and see whether we should listen to you or we should listen to God. Then they were so amazed. So they said, you know what? They looked at them. The Bible says one, one thing they said is that when they looked at them, they realized that they were unlearned men. They were ignorant men, which means that they grew up as fishers. You know, sometimes when you live in a fishing village and there's no school, sometimes even there's school, the children don't go to school. They follow their parents in fishing. Before you realize, they also become boat owners and they become fishermen. You get it? Peter, James, and John, they were, they were people like that. And so the learned people, who, is, who are the Pharisees? When they looked at them, the Bible said that they realized that they were ignorant men. It means that they have not been to school. But they realized that they have been with Jesus. So the association with Jesus had actually transformed their lives. Are you with me this morning or this afternoon? Hallelujah. And so it's a very difficult task. Because it takes money. I, I, we came with three vehicles, 12 people. The last time we went to Letem, last year, we were about 10 people, yeah, and 10 people back and forth, Letem, it's $300,000, if you've been to Letem before. It's 16000 to go, 40000 to come, times 10. So 30000 times 10 people, which is 300000 Then for, we, we have not uh, considered our accommodation and our meals. All of that is not included. And what, what are we trying to do? We're just trying to encourage pastors to join an association. You see, what, what we are trying to do is what politicians do when, when it's election time. <laughs> is that not so? That's when they'll cross the Babies River here and come to Kwakwani and meet you here and collect your votes. And after the election, you'll never see them again. But you see, we have something that is so critical and important that that should not just be once every four or every five years. And we have come 
we burn gas. We've come. Many people who work with me have taken the day off from their workplaces. And they've come. They are going to be with me here for today and then part of tomorrow just to promote this association to the ministers and the church leaders here in Kwakwani. I think it's a great blessing. What do you think about that? Beautiful. And so I think we have, we have about 45, 45 members so far. Most of them are pastors in, in the church that I pastor. I have over 50, 50 pastors in the church. That's why I'm a bishop. A bishop is a pastor of pastors. It's not a title. It's, it's a job. It's a responsibility. So when you are called bishop, it means that you are an overseer. You oversee pastors. And I have 50 pastors I oversee. That's why I'm a bishop. It's not because I'm handsome. That's why they call me bishop. <laughs> I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because some people, you know, people, people, I, I like, I like pastor called because he calls himself pastor. It's a very, it's a very humble and a special place to call yourself a, a, a regular name. That you take a title, that, that doesn't mean anything to you. We'll talk about all of that when we get time. <laughs> Amen. So we bring you greetings from um, Georgetown, Guyana. But I'm based on the west bank of the Demerara River uh, in Canal Number 2, uh, Polda. Now, my father in the ministry, everybody has a father, isn't it? If you don't have a father, you can't be born. As much as your father maybe doesn't take care of you, or your father, you've not seen your father before, doesn't mean that you don't have a father. Somebody, somebody must have fellowship with your mother. Uh, you like the fellowship, or the association. We call it fellowship or association. <laughs> some, some gentleman must have associated with your mother. Yes. Whether it was a serious event or he was just excited. Because there are two, 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 two reasons or two steps. <laughs> they fellowship because they are excited or they fellowship because they you know, mean, mean business with you. You know, we men, you know, men we are, somebody said men are like butterflies. We move from one flower to the other. <laughs> you get it? A man, a, a natural man, a man who is not saved and is not controlled by the word of God if you marry a man like that, you can't police him. <laughs> you can't police him. Think about it. Ladies, I see a lot of ladies here. You think about it. If you marry a man who is not submitted to the word of God, you can't control him. He'll leave you if you control him. He's a wild animal. <laughs> you know why I'm saying this? There is no animal God created that sleeps with only one woman. There's no dog that sex only one dog. Have you seen one before? And you call men dog. Don't you call men dog? So if your man is a dog, then you should expect that he will sleep with more than, just no, more than you. So don't call him dog anymore. No, don't call him a dog. When you call him a dog, you are creating something you can't handle. Are you with me this afternoon? <laughs> so you see that God created all the animals, the cat, the dog, the goat, everybody. There's not a particular animal that has a dedicated woman. There's nothing like that. It is we who are higher in thinking and knowledge who must be, when you get saved, 
that you try your best to control yourself. Even that, the apostle told Timothy that when you are choosing a leader, make sure that he's the husband of one wife. It means that if you are not the leader, you don't care. I don't know if you are following me. It is God is the one who can make a man look at one woman for 50 years and 60 years of his life. It's only God. It can only take God. It's not your beautiful face. Oh. It is not your beautiful face. It is not your nice bumsy. It is nothing like that. It is God. Yeah, you, you, you should understand it. It's God. Without, God. without God, there's nothing you want that would be possible for you. If you're having problems with your husband or with your child father, I'm telling you, look to God. I'm telling you. That's the only source of peace. Otherwise, the more pressure you put on him, the more women he will go for. Men don't like stress. Are you with me? All right. So, my father in the ministry, this is my father in the ministry. I put him behind me because he's the one who gave birth to me in ministry. I'm still connected to him because our church is, he founded our church. 4,000 churches in over 100 countries. You know, so that's, that's my father in the ministry. Hallelujah. 4,000 churches. You may not hear of him because he's not in America. I'm sure you know T.D. Jakes. I'm sure you know Joel Osteen. I'm sure you know Benny Hinn. It's because they're in America. But they don't have 4,000 churches. T.D. Jakes doesn't have 4,000 churches in 100 countries. No, 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 no. Even Guyana doesn't have 100 embassies in the world. You should check Google and see. How many countries uh, have, does Guyana have an embassy in? Not 100. So to have somebody, he was in medical school when God called him. And as he was studying, he was pastoring. And now, 30-something years later, he has 4,000 churches in over 100 countries. It says only God who can do these things. It's only God. Hallelujah. And he has written so many books from his experience. And as an association, when we go around, we try to also encourage people to look into this business. Because the meeting that we'll have here, you know, tomorrow we, we, we leave. But if we can leave you with a book, if we can leave you with a material that you can kind of go into, that is why God left us the Bible. You get it? So that we can read. And we can learn, and we can understand, that we can practice, and it will be a blessing to us. And so we came with some materials that he has written. He's written over 100 books, all right? This is called the Macarius Library. Macarius is a, a Hebrew word that means blessed or blessed. Macarius Library is a book of, it's a library of 40 books from different areas of church work. And so right after church, I think we have some single books as well. And then the Macarius, um, I will encourage you to look at them. God will bless you. Let's kind of have modern marriage, one of that. Um, and so, just a book or two, and then we will move on. One of the books in the Macarius is this book called Loyalty and Disloyalty. <laughs> Pastor God knows the book. <laughs> if you are a pastor, that's what I say, I like, I like, his, his title. The title he has is not apostle. I mean, if you're apostle, you're apostle. If you're a prophet, you're a prophet. But a pastor will understand more of the things I'm talking about. Because a pastor is somebody who stays with the people. We had a conference 
uh, in February, uh, uh, pastors amplify your, your ministry conference. And I taught about shepherding a pastor. Because many people, we have the fivefold ministry where we talk about the apostle, the prophet, the teacher, the evangelist, and what? The, the, the pastor. Many people in Guyana, you are either a prophet or you are an apostle. Many people are apostle or prophet. You hardly hear somebody who is just a pastor. Because people, don't, people think it's a title. No, 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 no. A pastor is the one who stays with sheep. Pastor, the, 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 the Greek word for a pastor is poimen. And poimen means shepherd, which means somebody who takes care of sheep. So a pastor is a shepherd. A pastor is somebody who takes care of sheep. So if you give a pastor a ram and an eel, isn't it? The pastor can make this two boy and girl become a big family. He's specialized. He's gifted. He's graced to take two, three, four church members and take it further. I am a pastor. I came here 17 years ago with my wife and two children. And now I have hundreds and hundreds of followers. Almost 600 people scattered all over the country. Hallelujah. When we come together, it's a big something. I came just like that. Just like that. So a pastor is somebody who is able to take one or two people and increase. You do understand? And once you do that, you will come, you will come against something that I'm this thing that I'm talking about. You come against people who are ungrateful. People who will rebel, people who will betray, you will, if you're a pastor, you start a church. If you know you have another pastor, you will not understand what I'm saying. You will come across people like Judas. Judas Iscariot. The guy who Jesus went to fast and pray for 40 days and 40 nights and selected to be one of the apostles, the 12 apostles. Do you know what Judas did to Jesus? He sold his master for 30 dollars. 30 pieces of silver. I mean, if, if anything at all, are you not grateful to Jesus that he called you to be one of the apostles? That you're so special, that you're so unique? What can you do to thank him, to be grateful, and to worship and to praise you? You have gone to sell him. When people are trying to find him to kill him, you are the door, you are the gate. And we have people like that in the church. People who rebel. Who is Pastor Court? One day somebody said, who is Bishop Collins? I don't, I, I don't care. Hey, you don't care? He's been talking to you. He's been counseling you. He's been praying for you. He's been encouraging you. Now that you think that you have found some stable place, you don't know anybody anymore. Wow, I see. Ingratitude will land you somewhere you will not be very happy about. Do you get it? And in this book, uh, my Bishop Dagi teaches about how you can be faithful for the rest of your life. And this is even very important in marriages. If you are married, it's important to stay married. Because what people don't understand is that in every relationship, there are problems. In the church also, there are problems. You don't want me to tell you the problems in my church. Oh, you don't want to hear. You don't want to hear at all. If I tell you the problems in the church I pastor, you say, hey, what kind of uh, uh, crazy people are like? like no, these are Christians who dress up Sunday morning and come and worship God and cry, and when you pray for them, they jump like that. <laughs> You'll be surprised how they behave. You'll be surprised. Yeah. In that same church are people who are unfaithful. 
Loyalty means to be faithful. Jesus said, well done, good and faithful servant. Not good and talented singer, but good and faithful servant. Sometimes you're a singer in a church. You don't stay in one church because when you sing, people say, wow, you sing like an angel. Come by me and come and sing. And then you go by he and they give you money. He said, ah, I prefer that church to pass a court church because when I sing, they give me money. It's not the money. You are an unfaithful person. And God does not reward people who are unfaithful. He rewards only faithful people. People who have been in one place for many, many, many years. Those are the people God rewards. Hallelujah. So many people with me, they have been with me for, there's nobody who came with me who has not been with me for more than 10 years. This young lady here, she joined the church. She's one of my young, my young pastors. She joined the church when she was 11 years old. She's now 20 what? 26. Yeah. That's 50. She has been with me for 15 years. Can you believe it? When she joined the church, she didn't have Bobby. There's no Bobby. No Bobby. When I say that, she laughed, but I remember her. She was in grade 6. When she joined the church. Yeah, 15 years ago. Then the gentleman who's at the back here, who is pressing the buttons, he has been with me for 17 years. 17 years. <laughs> so he's senior to this lady here. That's what you call faithfulness. Not some people in some churches, you just go for two, two years and then you, then you go to another church. No. God doesn't reward people like that. So there's so many things in this book that will help you. It will help your church. If you're a pastor here, is there any pastor here? If you're a pastor, is there another any pastor apart from Pastor Court, an apostle, a prophet, anybody like that? Yeah, if you know any pastor, get them this book. It will help them. It's a blessing. And this book, thank you, this book has cousins. One of the cousins is those who accuse you. Ah, that's a cousin. And that it has an auntie. Those who are dangerous sons. You give birth to people in the ministry and then they back, they backbite you. They stab you at your back. When you are not there, they say bad things about you. When you are there, they smile with you. Dangerous sons. This is auntie. Grandmother coming. This is the grandmother. Same loyalty and disloyalty in different versions. There are people who are ignorant. Ignorant people behave bad because they don't know what they're doing. You want the, you want the niece or the nephew? I can show you the nephew. The nephew? Grandson. Okay, grandson coming. Those who forget. Uh, don't people behave the way they behave because they forget? It's because you forget that this was the church Oh, this was the pastor who led you to Christ. This was the pastor who baptized you. It's because you have forgotten. That's why when you see him, you pass him straight. You are suffering from forgetitis. <laughs> it's a disease. <laughs> There's more. This is grandson. Those who leave you. If you, if you can, if I, see, if I have the chance to show you, when people come to our church, right, anytime they visit, we give them a form to fill to show that, okay, they are visitors. 
Some will say, oh, I want to stay. Some will say, oh, I'm just visiting. If I show you the number of forms since 2005, I came into this country. Oh, I can form a library with the forms. Plenty. Plenty. People have come. People have left. I've taken people to Bible school all the way in Ghana, West Africa. I've taken people. We bought tickets. 2,000 US dollars. 2,500 US dollars. Take them to Ghana for three years. Take care of them. Send them money. They train. They become pastors. They come back. And then two years later, they say they don't know me. Yeah, four years. Those who leave you, many people leave. But it's not everybody who should leave. And you shouldn't leave. Turn to your neighbor and say, you shouldn't leave. The church you are inside. Amen? Wonderful. So there's so many books here. I can't go through all of them. I just want to, you know, uh, speak to you uh, from one of them this, this, this afternoon um, as the Lord leads us. But um, I don't want to forget this one here. Maybe I'll, I'll show one or two more. Uh, this book here, you know, anywhere I go to Guyana, people say family is everything. I don't believe that. I don't, you see, when Guyanese say family is everything, I don't believe it. Not that I don't believe in family. I don't believe your type of family is everything. Your, that, the, the, your type is not everything. Why do I say that? Because we take family and we enjoy family at the expense of the kingdom of God. A pastor and his wife came to see me in my office many years ago. And they were asking us how we do ministry and all of that. And so me, I live, and up to today, for 17 years, I go home at 1 a.m., 2 a.m. sometimes. And when I'm going, I have people in my vehicle, I have to drop home before I go to my house. I've been doing that for 17 years. There's never been an occasion where I'm driving my car alone. I'm in my car alone. I've been dropping people to their homes for 17 years. Yes. I'm not a taxi driver. (laughs) I've seen how people's families have rejected people in my church. I've seen how people's family have taken their children out of the church. I've seen how people's family have wanted to accuse me and, and and to make my name bad and all kinds of things. So I say, I go home around 1 a.m. So I said, so what, does, so what happened to your wife? I said, my wife? My wife, you see me, I, I am a full-time pastor. It means the church pays me. So I don't do any business. It's the salary from the church that I, I, live, I live on. My wife is, a, is a, a, a teacher at the nursing school, director of nursing in, in Georgetown. So Monday morning, she has to be there for 8 o'clock. I mean, Monday morning is my sleeping day. I sleep Monday morning. So Monday morning, when you come at 8 o'clock, you get, this is the voicemail of, because Sunday I give my all, and Monday is my rest day. It's my Sabbath. <laughs> so the pastor said, so as I was talking to the pastor about that, then from nowhere, I didn't ask his wife anything. The wife said, hmm, we, we go to church as a family and we live as a family. Immediately, I discovered a controlling woman. 
I said, immediately, I discovered a controlling pastor's wife. And many pastor's wife control them in the name of family and love. Do you know why Jesus didn't marry? You see, we didn't get the revelation fast. We would have, we wouldn't have married. <laughs> Can you imagine Jesus going to die on the cross? Do you know what his wife would have said? Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. How oh, you could do that? How oh, you could die just like that? Jesus would have looked at his wife and said, you know what? All right, God. No, no, I can't do that. Can't do that. He jumped off the cross for his wife. If you think I'm not saying the truth, remember the daughters of Jerusalem. When Jesus was being beaten, he was being dragged, his face full of blood and all of that. When he was on the cross, who were the ones crying for him? The daughters of Jerusalem. Don't you think that if Jesus was an emotional man, he said, man, look how they cry. You, you, you can't you not do something better. You see, you know. Jesus said, don't weep for me. Do not weep for me. Don't make me emotional. You think about, don't think about You think about yourself. Because one thing that, for me, growing up, one thing that I can't stand is a woman crying. I don't like, I don't like to see a woman crying. It's, it's not a nice thing for me. When women cry, they control you. I mean, how wicked can you be when your wife is crying that you came home late? She was waiting for you. You came home late. Like, you don't care about she. You come for me. I mean, I mean, if you are a nice husband, if you are a Christian husband, you say, man, I want babes, man. My babes, my babes. Oh, no. No, honey, I'm sorry, man. You know, you know I love you. You know, I mean, got nobody, man. Baby, don't do that, man. <laughs> You know what? I, I, I ain't gonna come home late no more, right? Six o'clock, I'm gonna come home. Ah, she's controlling you. <laughs> yeah. If you love me, allow me to do what God has called me to do. Don't put any strings attached to it. When I come home late, you should be awake to wash my feet with water and to kiss me up and hug me up. Not to cry and say, it's now you coming home? As I'm home, as I'm out, you are calling. Hi, right, honey. Why are you coming home? When, I'm, when, I, when I come home, I will come home. Oh, you know the time? It's almost it's 11 o'clock, you know. The food getting cold. When I come, you hot it up. Let it get cold. When I come, you hot it up. <laughs> yeah. No, if, if you study women in the Bible, many of them, including our grandmother Eve. You, you think about it. Why do you think Jesus came down here on earth? If marriage and family was everything. Why didn't Jesus marry and make children? Ask yourself, ask yourself the question. Ah, if marriage, oh, what God has put together, let no one put asunder. That is why God didn't say anything when they were married three and four and five. 
That's why Jesus said, that's why Moses gave you the permission to divorce. Because after God, Adam and Eve spoiled the garden, marriage as it used to be or it was supposed to be, is not like that anymore. We are the ones who are trying to make it some glorious angelic kind of thing. That's why heaven, there's no marriage. Ah. The the woman who is not married thinks about how she will please God. Look at it. And the woman who has a husband thinks of how to please the man. Look at such a difference. Look at such a difference. How can you please a man and not please God? How can a woman now say that I have a man so I'm pleasing man? Marriage has changed. From the original plan and original purpose. But if we say we, we, Guyana, family is everything. I have a book for family. All right? I have a book for family. Model marriage. I, we teach in our church. You have to finish this whole book as a program, as, as a course, before you get married. If you can't go through this book page by page to the end, you're ready for marriage. Why are you, why are you in a rush? Where are you going? The man ain't going nowhere. The woman ain't going nowhere. If people have to go to university to learn how to divide land, it's not easy to divide land. You take a stone and you shy it. Where it will rest, it's okay. From here to there, that's your lot number. It's not, it's not difficult to share land. But you have to have lands and survey, Guyana forestry, whatever, to give people lands. Acres. What is acre? When I shy, you take it. So think about it. If to share the forest for people to cut down the trees, you need somebody to go to school to learn how to do all of this. How much more living with another human being God created? People underestimate what it means to live with a man or what it means to live with a woman. People underestimate that. People underestimate that. You see, when, when, when you're going to do child father, child mother, that's, that's easy. I mean, you do what you got to do. If you don't want to mind the children, you change your number. <laughs> or you, 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 you store there. When you see the woman calling you, you don't answer. Next time, when she, when she gets you, uh, uh, you know, without you thinking, you say, oh, I'm sorry, man, I was in Georgetown. You are not in nowhere, Georgetown. It's, 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 it's like a trick. Because when a man makes a child with a woman without a marriage covenant, it's not a very simple thing for the man to remain faithful. What women don't know about men is that men like challenges. When you offer your body to a man, the challenge is gone. That's it. No matter how pricey or costly you are, he will not pay the price. That is why you don't, you don't do a, a premarital sex. You don't do that. I mean, you can do it, but you will see the consequences of it as you grow up. Because once you give your body to a man, the whole, you see, women, when we see you women in dress, makeup, wig, I wake, high heels. All the, we, we, we look like, no, we look at you like you are like gold under the earth. We'll buy an excavator to dig it. And we'll, we'll dig it until we find the gold. 
We find a gold, we are right. You? Huh. If I find a gold here, I move it to another place to dig gold. You don't dig the same place for save gold? My brother, true or false? I, I don't decide. <laughs> the only thing that keeps a man to you for the rest of your life or for many years is the marriage covenant. Marriage blessed and organized by God. Otherwise, hey, you'll be depressed. Otherwise, you'll fight. You become a mad woman. Yeah. You'll be, ta- you be talking your business all over the place. One man has made you become a mad woman. When, when, when you see him answering phone call, you think it's another woman. When he comes home late, you think it's another woman. When he takes his pants for you to wash his clothes, you go into the pocket like use a CID. You become a mad woman. It's God. And so it's very important to follow the steps to marriage. Because it's God who created marriage. And if you are going to enjoy marriage, you have to see how God wants it to be. What do you think? Is it a good idea? Let me tell you. One thing that God talks about is that, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife. And they both shall be one flesh. What therefore God has put together, let no man put asunder. Many, many men, it's not even men who marry, many, many boys marry. Because people marry and still stay in their parents' oversight. In the name of younger for parent. What sense does it make? For yeah, go and parent. You could stay right down here on the bottom flat. Younger for parent. It is not what mommy is saying. It is what the Bible is saying. And you see that as I've traveled around, I see many Christians don't follow the word of God. They follow what they think is right for them. That is why Christianity is not at a certain level in our country. The word of God is not a final authority. What mommy and daddy says is what is the final authority. I've been here for 17 years, ladies and gentlemen. Many, many, including this, this gentleman, this gentleman, the son of Brother Sherwin. This gentleman here, I came with him. He's my praise and worship leader, my worship leader. When he was getting married, I told him he has to show me his own place before I will officiate the marriage. She wife then, he wife then, didn't understand me. So went to tell she uncle. Uncle abused me bad. What kind of pastor is that? I said, I am the kind of pastor who wants to see where somebody is taking my church member female. You see, I have girls. I have two girls. You can't come. You, I have a gun already. I have a gun already. You cannot come and you cannot add. In fact, you cannot take my daughter without my permission. No matter how charming you are. You can be James Bond. You can be Arnold Schwarzenegger. I don't care. Did you pay school fees? Have you paid school fees for on the girl before? When I was plaiting she hair and changing diapers, where were you? You say you love she? If I'm not taking care of her, how could you find her and love she? I love she more than you could love she. So I don't believe in not seeking a father's permission to marry his daughter. And when that happens, 
you, if you're a man, you should have a bed. How come it's your mother's bed who, that she, she bought for you years ago? That's the bed you and your wife are going to sleep on. How can you call yourself a man? You're a boy. Therefore shall a man, not a boy. You can't rent a place, you're a boy, you are not a man. You can't pay rent, you're a boy, you are not a man. And you shouldn't marry. I'm telling you. And if we don't go back to the principles of the word of God, you see how difficult it is for the men to take care of our daughters. And you see, in Ghana, when we are doing wedding, wedding dress, auntie from New York. (laughs) Wedding cake, cousin from New Jersey. Everything is paid for by somebody else except the man who is taking on a responsibility of taking care of a woman who every week will have to do her hair. Who have to go to, you see, they go and paint their nails like the Guyana flag, painted like that. You got money for that? The money, your, the evidence of your money is that you can take the wedding bill by yourself. And then when you finish, when we come to wish you congratulations, then we have a check. So, ma'am, hold on to this. You have done well. You have tried. You are a man. Let, let me just, you know, sow something into your life. Not that in the preparation, everything else, including your suit, somebody bought it for you. How are you going to take care of somebody else's daughter? What do you have? What do you have? You have not proven that you can take care of a woman. It's only your foul cock that you use and you just, just do these things. Is that how you call it? That's why in many marriages, the women are still the ones running the show. Because a man has not displayed, did, never displayed the ability to take care of himself and to even take care of a woman. Because we will never stop our practices and follow the word of God. Oh, when is wedding? Oh, oh. People in, I have had weddings where family in New York says, no, 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 no. The date, put the date to Christmas so we can come. I said, I said they are coming at it's like the family is the one controlling your marriage. Who are you marry? Who is going to, who's going to buy ration for the, for the house? No, 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 no. After the whole, hey, people going back to New York. As you and the woman. The woman has to go to classes. The woman has to write CXE. The man ain't doing nothing. He ain't there for nothing. And the woman is on who buy a car and the man will drive. It, it, it's all signs of, you see, and, and you see, it is, it is a curse. Because the man was the one who was created in the image and likeness of God, not the woman. I'm not preaching here to you, it's a book I'm introducing. <laughs> when you read the Bible, read it carefully. God, do you think God has breasts? Do you think God has the, the type of bumsy that women has got? God has shape and thing? You got hips? God ain't got all them thing? I don't want to go to the other part. God doesn't have it. 
we call God our Father, which means that He's more likened to a man. And when God created first, He said He created man. So a man is supposed to possess the glory and the power and the image of God to the extent that a man should be able, if God can create, a man can also create. The woman came later. When God realized that Adam was lonely, he said, okay, slide down. Let me take your, 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 your rib and create someone for you that you will like. It wasn't my plan. I was never going to create a woman. It's you, I see you dip on something. So let me create for you. In God's plan, there was not a creation of a woman. That's why if you see the Old Testament, women were not so important. It's in the New Testament that we, we, we put them on a pedestal. So babes, honey, pumpkin, ketchup, kalaloo, bora. What kind of fantasies we call them? <laughs> I'm not saying that you shouldn't love your wife and treat her well. That's not what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying that a man must be a man. And to do that, you need to go to school with this book. In this book, we teach about even money, how to control money as a man. The money should come and the man should control all the money of the house. When I say the women don't like it. They say, what? Bishop, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I work for me, young man. I, I, I got forgive me, husband. <laughs> they, they don't agree. They don't agree. Because practically, some of the men don't even know how to manage money. So, so they frown and they despise the word of God. But the fact that you have picked up one who doesn't know how to manage money doesn't mean that the word of God is not true. You didn't shop for a good one. <laughs> it's a Chinese product you bought. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> so this book will help you. If we believe in marriage, we believe in family, please. Make sure at least you get a copy of this book. It's called Model Marriage by Dag Heward Mills. Amen. There's an there's a intimate part which I can't go into because in Guyana, we don't have to teach you intimacy. You do our kind of thing. I tell my church, the intimate part is for, is for Africans. Because Africans, you know, you have to teach them some of the things you know. Adam Bagba, we don't know Bagba. It's here I came to know there's something called Bagba. I say, hey, what's that? So please, when you buy it, when you get to the intimate part, don't read it. It won't do nothing for you. You are right. <laughs> Just skip the pages. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, so that's a very, very good book for you. Let me just uh, do this one and then we'll continue. Tithing. 10% of your income to the church. To God. It is your spiritual responsibility to give a tenth of all your increase. Proverbs chapter 3 Verse 9 says that honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all your increase. All your increase. You see, it is God who increases us. Many people don't realize that if you are to do well, if you are to get money, if you are to get a raise, 
if you are to do gold or whatever business you do and to get money. Many people don't realize that it is God who gives us all these things freely to enjoy. But when we get it, the first person we forget is God. So we think about care. Think about business. Think about this. Think about that. Think about that. And forget that God deserves a tenth of your increase. One secret about tithing is that you will either be blessed or you'll be cursed, depending on whether you pay tithe or not. The Bible says, are you not cursed with a, with a curse since you have been robbing me of my tithe and my offerings? So you see people walking around, they are dressed, they are driving car, but they are cursed. They are cursed. And the curse is the God kind of curse, not the human being kind of curse. Because what human beings call curse is not close to what God calls curse. Are you with me? So if you're a member of a church, if you're a member of this uh, church, you're a pastor called church member, make sure that whatever you get, oh, but Bishop, I don't work. You don't work, but you eat. Many people say they don't work, but you get money. Even students, you get a little money to go to school. Take a tenth of it and give it to God. You see how you prosper. You see, the, 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 the Bible says it is God who gives us the power to get wealth. What it means is that Wealth belongs in this, in, this, in, this, uh, in this world, in this universe. Wealth has been handed over to the God of this world, who is the devil. Through Adam and Eve. When Jesus was tempted on the mountain, do you remember when Satan said, if you bow before me, I will give you things you're seeing. Did you ever hear Jesus say, shut up, you're a liar. It's not for you. Jesus didn't say that. He said that, no, there's only one person that you serve. That's God alone. Which means that Jesus did not dispute the fact that the world and everything in it belonged to the devil. How and why? Because Adam and Eve gave it, handed over to him when they listened to him instead of God. So the world, is it? In Caricom, there's a place called Caricom in Georgetown. The people who work, who work at Caricom, you understand what I'm talking about when I say the wealth of the world is, belongs to the devil. People who work at Caricom, even if you're a cleaner at Caricom, the least you take home is 1,000 US dollars. Tax free. And then, if you're a permanent staff, you get duty free concessions every three years. So every three years, you can bring in a vehicle and don't pay tax. Right here in Georgetown. What happened to me? What happened to me? What happened to you? Who are we? We don't belong to Guyana? No, no, no. There's a group of people who have been called up with a certain contract in a certain place called CARICOM. And for the fact that they are working there, the devil is kind of giving them money. Because if you look at CARICOM, it's just as a UN, it's just like a, 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 a European Union, it's just like African, uh, African Union, it is just like the old Roman Empire that the Europeans are trying to bring up. They're all connected. One world order, where one man will rise up called the Antichrist and rule the whole world. Because when he presses the computer, CARICOM is connected, so he knows what is happening there. He knows Euro- Europe is connected, he knows what is happening there. Africa is connected, he knows, just like that. 
and people who work to make this thing happen, they are being given rewards of free money. You and I who is working and sweating, tax, 33%. NIS, some don't even pay for you. This, that, that, that. At the end of the day, you can't even buy a car. You buy a small car from Japan. The cost of the car is five hundred dollars. It's a one hundred thousand Guyanese dollars. You ship it for what thousand five hundred. When it comes, duty is about one point something million. And then there's somebody who is just living next to you, works at a place called Caricom. He will buy a fancy car and no duty. How can how can this be? I see the power to get wealth comes from paying tithe. And if you don't pay ten percent to God, it's it's not for Pastor Court. It's not for me. The tithe is not for me. Am I God? Am I God? I'm not God. I'm not the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. So the tithe is not for me. The tithe is for God through the church. And God wants you to do that every month and every time when you are increased. So it's a good thing to practice. Are you with me? Wonderful. Give Jesus a big hand clap. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 22, verse 14. So we came all the way here to, you know, encourage you if you're a pastor, you're an assistant pastor, to join this association. It's difficult to bring everybody together because it's a national uh, organization. So we normally do our meetings on Zoom. Because of technology, wherever you are, if you have internet, we'll be able to connect. But once a year, at least, we try to have a big conference, which we had last Feb- February. It was a big success. You have over 300 pastors and church leaders coming to the conference. And then, Bob, you have what, about 40-something churches? Around 40-something churches. 42 churches coming together. Over 300 people. Right there in Canal number two, Poda, which is, which is a great blessing. And that's our first conference. Next year, 2023, by the grace of God, we'll have another Amplify Your Ministry conference. And if you are part, you know, you're welcome to uh, join the conference. It's going to be a good blessing. So we came to what we are doing as Give Thyself Holy Pastors Association is to share what has blessed us. I mean, are you not curious to know how I came into this country. I didn't know anybody. Pastor God, I didn't know anybody. Or like, as we came to Kakwani, we have, a, you know, we have established contact with Pastor God, and I was able to come. I, had, I know a few people who have 10-year American visa, and they have not traveled yet because they ain't get nobody for go, for go by. There's nobody that they can go and say, I could stay by you for one week. I have people like that. I came to this country not knowing anybody. And if you see 17 years, what God, what I have achieved, it can only be God. Because Jesus said that you cannot go into a strong man's house and, and take anything that belongs to the strong man unless you first bind him. Now, if you can even bind him, it means that you are stronger than him. Because it's not just binding him. You gotta, are you stronger than the strong man? Before you can take his goods. So before I could get church members, I had to bind the strong man, which also meant that I, am, I have strength that is possible to overcome the strong man. 
Now, don't you, if you're a pastor, and, and this is what we say, I mean, with all, with all due respect, with all due respect, you know, and, and when I go around, I try to compare, I try to make people think in comparison. Solomon said something. He said he went by the field, the farm of a lazy person, and he received instruction. The instruction he received was that a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands. Then he said, poverty will come to you like a traveler. It means that there are things you see, you learn something from. I mean, Pastor God invited me. I could have just come along with my wife and children. (laughs) We preach one day, we go and swim the next day. I said, oh, we went to, you know, Kwakwani was beautiful. God moved. God moved. 45 minutes preaching. The rest was swimming in the, in the beachfront, riverfront. I came with, what, 11 other people. 11 or 12? Oh, so it's not Jesus and disciples. Oh, it should be 13, oh. Oh, it should have been 13. So that I'll be like Jesus and I have 12 disciples. <laughs> but next time you should, you should mark it. We have to, we have to, 12, we have to work with 12, yeah, the 13 people. Wow. Can you not ask yourself, what, what does this man have? That's why where I started the church, people used to say that I have obia. I'm a obia man. <laughs> because they couldn't understand how people have become glued to me. And they can't poison them against me. I mean, they have, some have, they were able to poison them, but some, many, they couldn't. Ask yourself, how can I, the cars are even little because we're not sure about the road. We're not sure about the road. We didn't know, you know, how to come. This is our first time in Kokwani. So we were really, you know, we said, no, let's not move with cars that are not high. So just the three vehicles, let's go. Otherwise, we would have been able to bring about, about, about 10. One time, the people inside, my whole church would like to come to Kokwani with me. Now you have to ask yourself, what has this guy got that this could happen? That is why Nicodemus went to see Jesus in John chapter 3. And he says that no man can do these things that thou doest, except God be with him. And so when you look at things and how people are doing things, you should know that there's something with them. And that's something you must want it, you must desire it. When you see a lady, if you're a lady, you see a lady who's dressed up and who's much up and thick. Don't say, hmm, she always. No, you are jealous. It's not good. You must be friendly. Person, man, how you do though? You nails is from here to the front door. I mean, how you how you do that? And just humbly say, no, I also want to be like that. She, and she'll say, oh, hey, beast, this is how you do it. Then you catch the revelation. But don't stand up and say, look at you. Look at you. Oh, she thinks she, she always dress up, dress up like she thinks she's somebody. No, don't behave like that. And so I say wherever I go that sometimes in Guyana, we praise people for achieving nothing. We praise people for achieving nothing. You see, lately I saw another pastor's association went to some um, town in Guyana to do outreach, just like we've come here. It was a big meeting. 
in a restaurant. When I analyze it, without even somebody have to tell me, I realize that the restaurant, the food and everything was paid by the leader of the, of the group. Who happens to be a politician? It is very difficult. It's very difficult. Not impossible. Let's say Pastor Court or me, we say, I say, I'm coming to Georgetown to have a pastor's conference in a hotel and everybody's food, I have paid for it. It's not a simple thing. I mean, we, we all know offerings. You know how much offerings that come. <laughs> if you're a pastor, you know, you know, people don't give offerings. Though. People don't give offerings. You will spend money on themselves, but they will not give the church offerings. Many churches are being built by the pastor's own money. The church members don't care. So for a pastor to go to another part of the, of, of the country and do breakfast for, he says 100 and something people, but it wasn't true. When you, count, you look at the picture, you can count the people. It's not 100. It wasn't 100. Maybe about 50 or 60. Everybody eating breakfast. Let's say it's 3,000. It's almost 200,000. You think that the church of the pastor can fund that? For what? What is he getting from it? So when we go, we, we don't do that. There's nothing free. Everything is cost. What is free is the people who are coming with me, they pay their own bills. I don't give anybody any dollar. They all put gas in their car. I don't give anybody anything. I'm the one who's officially on a trip. The only person who's officially on a trip is me. Everybody else finds their money and finds their way with me here. Otherwise, I can't do what I'm doing. If I'm going to give everybody money, we've been to Letem, we are going to Madia next month, we've been to uh, uh, Babies, we've been to several places. If I'm going to pay everybody's gas, give everybody food to eat, pay everybody's accommodation... Where am I getting the money from? Where? Where is the money coming from? And so, when I compare what we are doing to what they were trying, they were doing, I say, you know what? It's not true. It's not true. And so, let us follow the Bible. Jesus said, by their fruits. You shall know them. Not by their popularity. So one day I was teaching something like this, and I mentioned Kester Dean. Anybody knows Kester Dean? I mentioned his name. You see, Kester Dean is more popular than me. Kester Dean is more popular than Pastor Court. But what Pastor Court is doing here in Kwakwani, Kester Dean has not started that yet. Take a pen. Let, let's be real. Kestadine doesn't have four walls that Pastor Court is building a church. It's about to be roofed. Kestadine doesn't have anything like that. All he does is he's on radio. The embashment church. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. That's what Kestadine is doing. And you see Christians. Everybody wave. Everybody wave. Everybody. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Everybody wave. But if 
Pastor God comes and says, come to church. You say, next week. Not this Sunday. Yeah, that's he. That's my boy. He's so popular, but he doesn't have one church member sitting within the four walls of the church. Let's be real. You will probably hail Kester Dean and not hail your pastor. Because he's follow what I'm saying. Is, is it clear what I'm saying? So I am trying to teach my church. I said, when you see Kester Dean, yes, he's a nice guy and all of that, but he is not the same as another pastor who has only even five people on a Sunday morning. I don't know if Kester Dean is your cousin. I don't care. I'm using him as an example. Somebody recorded me and went to give it to him. And he was busy me on his program on Facebook. I don't, I, I don't care. It's the same thing I'm saying. I, I don't care. If you have your pastor here in Kwakwa, how many people will come and live here and start a church? Do, do you know how many people, all of these big shorts who are in Georgetown like us, how many of them will come and live in Kwakwani, or Riverfront and start a church? Can, can you name one? Like KFC and Beggar King, Georgetown. Movie Town. Give Landmark. Move to Kwakwani, come and start uh, and live here and start church. How many people do that? Yet we don't recognize this honorable man, this grateful great men who are great, who are living here, who are doing church Sunday after Sunday, Bible study after Bible study, living and staying here and doing their best to do a church. We don't respect them and honor them. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Everybody, everybody, everybody. everybody. Uh-huh. Then we, 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 like, we like singing and dancing and Miss Bacchanal. We're excited. So, oh, I went to a program with Kastani. It was very nice. You, you never say that the church, Sunday morning church, CCAC, it was very nice. You don't say that? Hardly do you even tell pastor, oh, pastor, this Sunday... I felt something from God. Hardly do, do you praise him? So let's be serious. That's what I'm saying. The politicians, they will drive their four-wheel vehicles and come here. When is election time? So we have also come doing an election. We are doing campaign. Join, join. We are doing it for God. Join the association. Join the association. We, we have books. We are not just giving you empty promises. Let me tell you. They can link Kwakwani to London. It's easy. It's asphalt. Without oil, we're okay. Oil has come. Why can we not do extra? You think about it. If you yourself, you have a job. You are paid 100000 Then all of a sudden, you get extra job that gives you another 100000 How do you not prosper? How can you not prosper? When in addition to the first 100 another 100 is coming free. So let's be, let's be serious. 
and give honor. The Bible says, give honor to whom honor is due. The pastors who stay with us, teach us, baptize us, pray for us, they are more important than this Facebook, radio, television kind of people. Because when you have a problem, you call the one on television if you answer your call, even if you have his number. Pastor Court is right here. If you have a problem, I'm sure you even know his house. When you have a problem, you go by he. Early morning, you knock him for his door. You got a problem. You even wait for him to wake up. Yet, when it comes to honor, when it comes to giving a little something, you give it to Kester Dean rather than to Pastor Court. Something is wrong about that. Something is very, very wrong about that. Kwakwani, are we here? Are we here? CCAC, are we here? Are you listening to me? You are quiet. You are quiet, but I don't know why you are quiet. <laughs> yeah. and, and, and before I forget, when it is Pastor, Pastor Court's birthday, when it is his birthday, there should be a big bashment. Our pastor's birthday, we can't keep quiet. And then everybody put $10,000 together. $5,000. Everybody, every, if you are elder of the church, you pay more. If you wear CCAC Usher t-shirt, you pay more. <laughs> are you pastor's daughter? Is that your daughter? Next, okay. <laughs> yeah. Those of you who come to church, you, you sing and when you're praying, your voice is above every voice. You pay more. When we are worshiping, you pay more. You see how God has found a Noah to build an ark for you to come and do. And on his birthday, you don't give anything. Your pastor's birthday should be like a national holiday. Kwakwani national holiday. The church, the church should be decorated. Nice balloons. Nice. Tell Pastor's wife, Pastor, Pastor's wife, this Sunday, you got to dress up. We dressing up. Come to celebrate Pastor God. Yeah. We do a nice, nice service for him. You know, let some people share some testimonies, how they have, you know, their lives have changed because of his ministry. After that, you have food, drinks, nice music. This is what you have to do. You do that. You finish. And then, the, the members of the church board or some leaders, you, you present big envelope that is fat. Have you seen one before? <laughs> Hallelujah. Have you seen one before? The envelope is not fine, or it's fat. Strong one, fat. That's, you, have to put a, you have to put it on the scale and weigh it and see well, how many pounds is the envelope. Yeah, it must be overweight. Then you say, Pastor. You know, when it's your birthday, we just thank God for your life. And we don't have anything, but please take this. Pastor has to bring somebody to help him carry because it's too heavy. Don't you think you do this? Don't you think your pastor will feel very nice and feel proud of what God is using him to do? It's not only, it's not only godly what God is giving to us, only that way we should enjoy. You too must also make us happy about what we are doing in your life. I'm telling you, when we close, you can look at the car outside if you see it. 
45 people in the church came together and surprised me. I can't tell you the price and the duty and all of that. But I was very proud that after living with them for 17 years, at least they will think of me in that way. It's a blessing. And I am proud that it's not like I am a businessman and I got myself a vehicle. It's not that I am a PPP politician or APNU, a, a Georgetown counselor, and it's the party that bought it for me. I am glad it is the church that got me that vehicle. I tell you, it's a great testimony of how God can take care of his people. Isn't it not nice? And I want you to do the same thing for Pastor God here. The first time we're meeting. We, we tried to meet in Georgetown, but several times. First time we're meeting. We didn't talk. So it's not like Pastor God said, man, when you come, must tell the people this for me. That's not, <laughs> there's nothing like that. Because some people are like that. When you leave, they say, hmm? Tell me what some man came from Georgetown for. Tell me. We should give you money to Pastor Court. What? Mm. What are we going to eat? No, we're going to eat. Now, me like them church, church people, you know. My people bring people from uh, Georgetown and come and say, I kind of thing. Me, me like them church. And you, make, you break Pastor Court's heart. And even if you say you are coming again, you say, you know what? Man of God, let me, I'll pray about it. I'll pray about it. See if you, I can let you come again. Because <laughs> when you came the first time, people are confused. <laughs> Some small $5,000. Look at it. The whole year. Pastor God, when is your birthday month? October. Oh, I'm glad it has not passed. I'm glad it is not in the past. I'm glad October is coming. Mine is November. November 21st. And already there's a plan. Oh, I, you see, I, I stand there and I say, on my birthday, I watch in yeah. I watch in yeah. <laughs> I'm not afraid to say. I'm not afraid to say. I'm not afraid to say. There are many pastors who are afraid to say that. People say, what? What do you mean by that? What I mean by that? I mean, buy shoe for me. Size 43. You see? About size 43. When I'm preaching, you don't see my size? Yeah, size 43. I say without fear. If you like, buy. If you like, don't buy. It's okay. At least I'll say it one, two, three. So God will touch somebody's heart to buy a shoe for me. And when you buy the shoe, when you bring, I don't even like it because uh, who, which kind of shoe is that? I don't wear them shoes. The alligator shoe? Why do you do with alligator shoe? So October, October. What day is that? October? 5th October. Wow. 5th October should be a Kwakwani holiday. Ah, are there people here who love Pastor Court? Are there people here who love him? If you don't love him, then you, 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 you know where you come from. Yeah. These are the people God wants us to honor. Otherwise, we will not see God in a certain way. You see, God is a very mysterious person. He looks at how we appreciate the little, little, so-called little, little things around us. Bless us. So I just had to say that because people always look at, I, I'm not popular. I don't want to be popular. I don't even have to. I don't need to be popular. I just need to do what God wants me to do. But I'm saying that many people don't do as much, but they get the wrong treatment. And people who do much don't get the right treatment. And it's not right. 
of God. Sometimes a single mother will take care of her children. Maybe the father is dead or the father is not around. And then when the children get big, you have to take care of your mother. You have to, you know, honor her and, and, and value and appreciate the investment and the sacrifice. You can't get big and then you say, oh, me, I'm okay. No, you have to appreciate where you came from and be proud of it. Hallelujah. So what do you think? Am I saying something? Yeah. So this day or today, I want to share with you from one of the books in the Macarius. Many are called. Matthew chapter 22 and verse 14. Many are called. Many are called. The Bible says that for many are called, but few are chosen. If you know this scripture, you know it because people always like to say few are chosen. It's like people jealous. That people don't want people to be chosen. And in fact, to choose is just only a few that are chosen. Indeed, it is true. Because, for example, if you have a church, okay, if you're a pastor, you're a man of God, and you're not married, and you have a church that has you know, a reasonable size, there's only one woman you can choose to marry when it's ready to get married. You can choose, you can marry more than one. We are not Muslims. So, yes, it's a few that are always chosen. But you can't forget the fact that many are called. Many are called. And, and I want us to, to look at what the call of God is about. Some things about the call of God. So many are called. Many. Don't, don't, you can talk about your few, but you can't take away the fact that many are called. You see, we came to encourage ministry and ministers. And that's what Give Thyself Holy is about. That if we can encourage one pastor, two pastors, to rise up and do more than they are doing, I will feel that we've accomplished our goal. There's no strings attached. Sometimes people think that, oh, what's this, what's this, what is it in? But you want, want some covering? Covering me, I need covering myself. <laughs> I can't cover you. I need covering from God. As the word people use around covering, covering. It's not about that. It's about just if we can just freely advise, freely guide. One of the things that I know we don't do well is even in offering. I've met several pastors who, whose churches are not even registered. And they don't have a bank account. Now, if you're doing business, don't you want to have a business registration and, and have a bank account? Yeah. At least if you have a little profit, you can put it in a bank. I don't know what you do here in Kokwani because is there a bank here? Oh, so it means that your money, you have to keep it at home. Hey, that's serious though. And then the politicians will come here and you vote for them too? You tell them, hey, don't cross the river. Don't cross the river. Stay right on the other side. That's what you should tell them. How come you don't have a bank? Hey. So what do you do with your money? What do you do with your money? She can't tell. Oh, you are, you are bust out. You. <laughs> Pastor God, that's, 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 a, that's, a, that's a challenge then. That's a challenge. Wow. That's, that's, a, that's a different experience. To go to a place where there's no bank. Wow. Okay. That's, that's, that's an experience. But we have banks, so we forget that just everywhere that there's, there's no. <laughs> yeah, that's a very interesting thing. Wow. The nearest bank is Linden. Oh, but that's far. That's far. 
we not start a bank? We can start a bank. What do you need to start a bank? Two, three, four people come and say, okay, bring your money, we'll keep it for you. <laughs> we'll build a, a nice, uh, fancy building with glass. We'll put air conditioning. And when we come to work, we'll wear a tie. Kakwani uh, Rural Bank. Bring your money, we'll put it there. We can start a bank. Come, you are a businessman. You can see it. <laughs> Hallelujah. So many, many, many people are called. And that's what I want us to look at in um, a few uh, um, minutes. There's uh, <laughs> Yeah. We good? So there are five facts I want to take you through about the call of God. Because if we can, what's the population of Kokwani? Do we know? You know the population? About 4,000. That's a lot. Wow. And how many churches do you have in Kokwani? About 10? About 10, okay. It can't be one church. <laughs> about 10. So is it possible that all the 10 churches, when we bring it together, we have, which means that we have about 10 to maybe about 15 pastors, if I'm, yeah, 10, 15, if you have two pastors per church or something, okay. Now, God wants more pastors. I'm not sure how big Kwakwani is, but I am sure um, you may also have the same problem that we have in several places where people from one end find it difficult to cross to the other end to go to church. Do you have that problem here? You don't have that. Wow, you are blessed. Maybe I should come and live here. And pastor in Georgetown. When I live here, I, I go every Sunday morning to Georgetown. <laughs> no, we have that problem where when the church is in the north, people from the south find it difficult to come to the north for a church. So what happens is that you will have to find another church or find, uh, start a branch or outstation in the south. But the call of God is very important because God's calling is not just for some special people. God calls a lot of people. You look at it. If God is calling a lot of people, the majority are not special. There's a few who are special. In this world, if you want to look at special people, it's just a few you'll get. How many people, how many Donald Trumps do we have? I have only one Donald Trump. How many Grangers do we have? So only one President Granger. So the, the, the chosen ones, the people who stand on top and seem to be known by the whole world, there are just a few of them. But there are many people in politics. There are many, many politicians. If you go to the Na- National Assembly, you go to the Regional Democratic Council, you go to, uh, I mean, the, the, the what? The Neighborhood uh, Council, NDCs, RDCs. There are so many people in those areas. So many people are, 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 who are political party members who don't have any function. They are just members. So in the, in, the, in the whole pool, you have many people. It's just a few who stand out. It doesn't disqualify those who are there, many of them. It is the same way in the kingdom of God. There are many angels, but there's only about three or four or the few archangels, if we, if we know. Right? But there are many angels. There are thousands and thousands, if not millions of angels. But the angels, the names we hear is Michael, Gabriel, and then once Lucifer. We don't hear any angel called Mike uh, uh, Onika. 
There's an angel called Onika, an angel called Calvin, an angel called Akim. Have you heard an angel called Akim? You hardly hear that, but I'm sure there's an angel called Akim. Plenty angels. In a certain sense, the kingdom of God requires many workers. So we can have our pastor, Pastor Court, and his dear wife. But we should also have people surrounding him who are called into the ministry and who hold his hand and help him. For example, when you look at Moses, God called Moses. Then he added Aaron. Then he added Miriam. Then he added uh, somebody like uh, uh, um, this guy in Exodus 31. What's his name again? Bezalel. So if, then Joshua, then a Caleb. So when you look at Moses' ministry, it wasn't just him. At a point, God told him to gather 70 elders of the elders of the people of Israel. And then he will anoint them for them to help Moses. So when you see the call of God into the kingdom, you just don't see the burden only on Pastor Court and his wife. It's only Pastor Court who is called. I'm not the only one who is called. Almost everybody I came with is a pastor. And they have different responsibilities, different areas. So when I, when I am traveling or I'm going around or I have different meetings, they are also having different meetings. One person can't do so much. But there are people in the church who don't believe that they are called to do something. They are called to pray. They are called to visit somebody. They are called to contribute financially to the church. Many people don't believe that. Don't even understand that. So in the Bible, the Bible says that for many are called. Many are called. You have been called by God. Can you believe that you are called by God? To be here, it means that you are called by God. You are called to help the hand of the pastor, the man of God, God has given to you. So five facts about the call of God. Number one. I think I said that already. Number one, many are called. (laughs) Many are called. Think about it. If I am the only one, or if I, in the church I pass, I'm the only one who is called, I'll be the only one who will come here. Because the rest will say, you know what, we are not called. I'm this. Calvin here, Pastor Calvin, he's a businessman. I'm sure people are messaging him on his phone about, you know, Where's this? Where's my product? Where's my this? Where's this? Where are you? I want to see you. He's a businessman. But he believes that he has a part to play in my ministry, in the kingdom of God, around me. That's why he's even here. So two days of his time, which is today, Friday, and tomorrow, Saturday, all the working, the eight hours, eight hours for today and tomorrow, he's given it up to come and help me do ministry. How many understand what I'm trying to say? So, when I say many are called, I'm not even saying that you have been called to preach. You may have been called to preach. Because what happens to the youth, youth service? What happens to the youth ministry? Is it Pastor Cordy who's going to do everything? He's singing. He's preaching. He's doing youth ministry. He's putting money in the church. I mean, God doesn't call. That's not how it is. God calls many people. If you look at it. In a natural sense, when we elect a president, he invites, he gets a cabinet, he gets members of parliament to help him run the country. 
And so you may be here. You may have, you may be someone who has good ideas to keep the church moving forward and all of that. God has called you with your ideas. So the first fact about the call of God is that many people are called. Yes, God. Many are called. When you say many people are called, what does it mean? It means that a large or large numbers of people are called. So if we apply this verse to Kakwani, we shouldn't have only about 10, 15 pastors. If we have 4,000 people, we should have about, about 3,500 pastors. If many are called means a large number of people, then why is it that we only have 15 pastors and then the rest are not pastors? Hallelujah. Okay, should I change my mic? It's okay. It's not the mic. Okay. Are you following? Yeah. It is that same principle we have used in our church. That's why we have over 4,000 churches in 100 countries. In my church alone, I have, do you have about, about 25? I have about 13 pastors with me in Samaria. I have about 13 pastors with me. I have a pastor in charge of the young people's church. And the young people's church, we've divided them into different churches. The young people have four churches. So my church, or the church I pastor, is made up of five churches. That is the first church, it's what we call the infant church, which is from baby till about three years. We group them together. And there's somebody, one or two people, who are responsible for them on a Sunday morning. At the same time, we have the group from about four years to about eight, nine. That is the kids' church. Then you have about 10 to about 13, which we call the junior church. And then from the teenagers, from 13 to about uh, 17, we have the, um, the, the, the young people church. So we have I, J, K, and Y church. So that's already four churches. Because it is very important to understand that. Like as the children are here, you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised that the children need a pastor. Is it, you would think, the children, as the children are here, they are not, they are, you think they not understand what I'm talking about? They don't understand. But if you were to take their children to another room and teach them, David and Goliath, Noah and the ark, they give them a man with a long white beard with a boat standing next to, next to him. At least when they go home, they will say, yeah, mommy, today, miss, teach me, Boat, man with a boat and with a white beard. The children can't tell you what I'm talking about. Many are called. No. So we have used that wisdom to create avenues for people to also exercise their grace and their gifts. So as I preach in the main church, I have other pastors who deal with these groups. And within my main church, there are pastors like Pastor Calvin. He's in charge of the ashes. So the ashes, our ashes are more men. We use more male ashes. I like the Guyana one, which is female. But we use more male. 
Because if, if you realize, men don't come to church a lot. So <laughs> when they come to church, we try to let them do something. I mean, I think I know we have men's fellowship. But we, we have the ashes. Ashes are more the people who do a bit of the heavy things in church. You know, if you have to lift up some chair. Because in a church, I pastor, when, when I pray for people, it's not easy. Them, them, them ladies, they behave bad, though. Yeah, yeah, throw their hands like that. Yeah, yeah, so we tried not to let the ladies do that because, you know, ladies, you don't fight. So we keep the big men who can, who can hold them like that. Even all of them and our, sometimes they foul with them women. <laughs> oh, sometimes when it's a serious environment, you see that they are trying to hold somebody and then they fall with a person. So Pastor Calvin is the pastor of all the ashes, which is full of big guys and young guys. So every department has some. So I cannot do the work alone. I cannot do it myself alone because I believe and we believe from what the Bible is saying that many people are called. So after church, he sits down with the ashes. They go over the preaching because when I preach, people think that they understand. You should try it and see. What message did Pastor called preach last Sunday? You will surprise many of you don't remember. Because you don't even write when you go to church. Yeah. Many people don't come to church and write. Like how my, my sister is doing. She has a, a book and a pen. It, it's, it's, it's a few people who do that. Because our assumption is that I'm, I'm listening. So, oh, yeah, I'm I listening. But how many can you remember? You um, if you as you are sitting down, your child father is a problem on your head. How can you remember what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, he didn't bring child support for you the other month. You, 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 as you're in the church, you know, you want church to finish for Pastor God to pray for a special prayer for you. How can you remember the message I'm preaching? Your grandchild left the house two days, you can't find she. You did buy some buy. How can you remember the message that your pastor is preaching? So it's very important to write, write, write. Scripture, Matthew 22, 14. Many are called. So five facts about the call of God. That's what I'm talking about. When you go home and, and then you want to go over. When, when, when the bishop came from Georgetown, what did he talk about? Oh, let me open my book. Five facts about the call of God. People who are like that are very different from people who don't write anything. It's just like going to school. People who write notes are very different from people who don't write notes. Because you will never be able to remember everything. Yeah, yeah, man, I got you, I got you, man, I got you. You got me? You won't got me at all. <laughs> right, you are not a computer. You are not a robot. You are not a machine. And so one of the things we do, which I encourage all the pastors wherever I go, as we have those combinations on stage, the, the media, as we are sitting down, even that is another area. People are called. See, the pastor, I, I, I said, has been with me for 17 years. His calling is technical. Music, amplifier. I mean, there's no amplifier he can't fix. Sometimes he can even fix it and make it look bad. Because you find something, something from somewhere and make it work. And you think that the thing is new, but it's not new. There's something inside that he has put inside. Yeah, MacGyver. As they are there, all that I am preaching, they are recording it. So when I go to town and then people want to know, what did I preach in Kwakwani? You don't have to say, Oh, um, Pastor Calvin, what did Bishop preach again? No, we tell them to go online. There's something called podcast. 
when you go there, you download the messages. All my messages I preach in my church, all the messages are there on podcasts. So that you play it again. Because you, you can't tell me that when you hear one time, you are okay. No, no, no. You have to write things down or record for reference. Are you, are you, are you with me? So the f- first fact about the call of God is that many people are called. You'd be surprised how people are gifted with decoration. If you don't have them, your church will never look nice. And as they are decorating, they can have people who will be with them. That's a podcast. Yeah. So you go to where? If you have internet, you Android, there's a podcast or Podbean. There's an app called Podcast or Podbean. If you download it, you go to search. You, you, you bring up my name right there, Victor Collins Asabri, right there. You see all the messages I'm preaching. I'm preaching about the Holy Ghost baptism in church on Sundays now. I'm preaching about speaking in tongues. That's what I'm preaching about on Sunday mornings. I believe that many churches don't teach about the Holy Ghost baptism. So I've started doing that. I've been doing that for years. Because only one or two people speak in tongues in the church. It's right there. How to be a good assistant. I'm teaching my church that if you're my assistant, you shouldn't say bad things about me. How can you be my wife and then you say bad things about me in the house? And when I go out, when you go to your, your alignment with your friends, you say bad things about your husband. How can you be a good wife? I'm going to left you just now. <laughs> a good assistant, a good wife, a good husband, a good teacher doesn't say negative things about the person they are assisting. I'm teaching that. Because many people don't know how to behave. Many people don't even know how to be a wife. Because you don't go to school to be taught how to be a wife. If you went to a technical school or secondary school, there's no secondary school where they teach you, what's your name, my dear? Connie? Connie, did you go to a school where they taught you how to be a wife? You did a two-year program on wife, wifeology. Wife, wifeology. You have a diploma in wifeology. Wifeology. Now, with that diploma now, there's no man who you can marry. There's nothing like that. So to be by this man's side, even our, our first lady here, to be by this wonderful man, there are a lot of things she has to understand. So that she can also teach those who marry people like Pastor God. Yeah. Are you with me? So many people are called. You will see that in the church, there's so much to video, video camera, video camera, something as simple as a video camera. People think that it's, it's the world, it's the press, it's weddings, it's, it's what, engagement, it's this that people will have to record. No, in the church, it's important to have a media, complete media ministry. And there are people who have the gift and the grace to do such things. It's, it's amazing. But if you don't allow people to understand that preaching alone is not the only calling in the church, people wouldn't understand that. When God, when God called Jesus into this world, Jesus gathered 11 people with him. And I always say this when I, when I come to this part. Many of our churches, as much as we have church board, many of the board members are not even Christians. Should I say it again? I don't operate by a church board. We, we, we run the church as a group of pastors, of which I am the leader. 
Because if you are working with somebody who doesn't read the same book you read, who doesn't pray like you pray, doesn't love God like you love God, you can't do things together. Can two work together except they be agreed? Amos chapter 3 verse 3. Two can work. How can you marry and you don't agree? There are a lot of problems in marriages because of disagreement. I want to live in Kokwani. Me want to live in Kokwani. This. I want to do business. Me want to do business. I want to go to America. No, I want to stay in Guyana. Problems. Problems. Okay, you go. I'll stay here. You see, that's the beginning of the marriage. The end of the beginning of the end of the marriage. So, the members that you choose, or the board members, or the church, they must be people who read their Bibles and pray every day. Acts chapter 6, the apostles decided to choose deacons to help share food. The Bible says, they, they say, let us look from among us people of great faith, people who are full of faith, fill the Holy Spirit. And I think there was a third requirement. Out of which Stephen who was stoned, Philip the evangelist. Must be what? Yes, the company with us. There were people who were chosen. These are people who not come and fight the pastor's vision. As I stand and I tell my pastors, God wants me to start a pastor's association. There's nobody who's coming to say, mm, you, think, you think them pastors will come? Bishop, I think you should really pray about this. There's nobody who tells me those things. Anything I say, God says I should do. Ah, why not? Because I heard from God. You didn't hear from God. So what, you want to go and ask God if well, he told me what he told, he told me before you can agree with me? No, that's not how it works. So you always need people around you to fulfill your ministry. And I believe that CCAC will also need so many hands. So many hands. You see, if many of you will give money for the building project, we'll finish it like that. We'll finish it like that. I'm not here, but I can tell you that many of you don't give money to the project. I can, I can. I, I'm not, I've been a pastor since 1995. I don't know, some of you were in secondary school. Or some of you were just born. That's 27 years I've been a pastor. Pastored in Europe, and I'm pastoring here in, in Guyana. And I've traveled all over preaching and teaching. I know what it is. We are building a church. Because our church building, our national headquarters, is nine acres of land in number two polar. That's like when you come and we're able to meet. The church, the auditorium can seat 1,000 people. It's a lot of We are buying tiles from China. The shipment alone is 36,000 US dollars. Shipment alone. <laughs> Freight. The tiles is half. Tiles is 30,000 and the shipment is 35,000. That's our 66,000 US dollars in, in money to tile the whole church and the, well, that's the church and the back, what is at the back is the office block, the ground floor and the first floor. Tiles all over, 66,000 years old. Where do you think we get the money from? 
We don't do drugs. We don't thief. We don't do money laundering. It's offerings and tithes. I'll say it again. If we will give our best to what Pastor Court is doing here, the church building can be finished like that. If we will do it. If I was to stay here longer, I will raise money for Pastor Court. Everybody buy one zinc sheet. Buy one. Buy one. Everybody, just every household, buy one zinc sheet. One. If it's 18 feet, just buy one. If it's 12 feet, uh, 27 gauge, uh, 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 what? Uh, four feet, four feet by 18 feet. Everybody buy one. We'll roof that building right there. Otherwise, you see, we make God look like he's a bad God. That his house cannot be finished. You don't know, David had wanted to build a house for God. God said, no. No. It's not just anything to build a house for God. It's a great blessing, a great privilege. So when you are part of a church that is building, always give. You see, when you build a house for God, God will also build a house for you. I am building my house now. As I've started building God's house, I'm also building my house. I'm also building. I'm now building after 17 years. I'm now building a house. And when I finish, you see, nice house. But I, I had to start building God's house first before that blessing of building also dropped on me. I'm challenging you. I don't even have to be here Sunday morning to tell you. If God is speaking to you, Sunday, you can go to your pastor and say, Pastor, please, how much is a zinc sheet? How much, what is a zinc sheet? You may not know. The V like that, maybe this length about 18 feet or maybe 12 feet or 14 feet. Please, how much is one zinc sheet to cover a small four feet? A cut? Please, this is the money for it. Many are called. Many are called. Some are called to finance. Pastor Calvin is here. I'll tell you. I, as I'm building my church, I buy things from America, Amazon, you know, Amazon.com. I buy things from that website. He's a businessman. He, people, you know, he brings things in for people all over. When I buy things from Amazon.com, I pay for shipping to an address in America. That's all I do. Three, four, five days' time, he'll be at my house. Inside. Who's there? Pastor Calvin. He's bringing the little light I saw on internet that I said I like. He's bringing it. How it got to Guyana? Me no. Was it free or you have to pay? Me understand. All is that I get what I bought from America. And he's been doing it for years. All I have to do is that I have to just buy and ship it to his address. That's all. From America to Guyana, I don't know whether it's, it's, it's what it's a was it was it Eagle at Georgetown? What's his name? Happy Eagle, <laughs> John B. Bear. <laughs> I know what is it, John B. Bear. That's bring it from America. I don't know. All I know is that it comes, and he says, Bishop, this is many are called, many are called. I said, many are called. If we really do what we have to do. Pastor Court will spend more time for the church. You see, many pastors don't have time for the church because they gotta do things. They gotta, you know, they gotta, they gotta do things. 
And sometimes when you do things, you end up not spending and paying uh, much attention to the church. So you have been called. I believe you are called. And all the members of CCAC, I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you. I'm challenging you that, that God wants you to bring money together and roof your church building. And roof your child building. God, if you're a member of CCAC, I'm telling you, when you sleep, may angels come and disturb you in the night. When you sleep, may you be turning and turning until you bring money for us to roof the church. When you roof the church, Pastor God and his family don't live there. That's where you come for Bible study, you come for church service. Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you help to complete it? You have the stash in the house. You have the stash in the house. Go into the stash. Is it Dolly or Molly? Go into the stash. Right there in the stash. Under the mattress. Go there. In the pillow. Go there. Let's build a sanctuary for God. I'm excited for what God is using us to do there in Kanana Matupo. I tell you, we have not finished. But when people come, they say, what? The place is nice. We have not finished. Are we going to do that? You have been called. If you are not called to preach, at least you are called to support what God is doing. May God will bless you. God will bless you. When I move into my house, my house is not completed. When I move there, I got a call. Somebody went to court and bought me a brand new stove. He, the first thing I said, asked me to go to court and choose what I like. When I went, I said, I saw one price. No money. I said, I like that one. <laughs> I, I was even... I would like a test. Like joke, like joke. The, the, the stove came into my house. Yeah, a fly on the jumbie bag. <laughs> yeah. Then I was there, and the sister came and said, He said, Bishop, please forgive me. I said, Forgive you for what? He said, The Holy Spirit, I bought a new washing machine. I have not used it. The Holy Spirit has been telling me to bring it to you. I have been disobedient. Please, when can I bring it? I said, bring it now. I'm waiting for it. Bring it now. <laughs> if the Holy Spirit is disturbing you, why do you want to find out when you can bring it? You like disturbance. New washing machine. Right there in my house. I didn't pay free. You think God has not called you to help the man of God? God has called you. Hallelujah. So many or large numbers of people are called. The masses are called. Huge numbers are called. Fact number two, just five facts, and they will take a, a long break. I see my people, they, they woke up at 2 a.m., so some of them, are, their eyes are closing. <laughs> I made them wake up 2 a.m., we met at 4 a.m., and then we drove slowly over here. So I guess that some of them, they are trying to pray when it's not time to pray. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> the second fact about the call of God is that there is a call. The call is to fruitfulness. The call of God is to fruitfulness. John chapter 15 and verse 16. The call of God is to be fruitful, like I'm saying, if you are called by God, your contributions should take the things of God and the church for it. Your call is to be fruitful. John chapter 15 verse 16. The Bible says that, I ha- you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth 
fruit. You have New Living Translation? Let's see that. You didn't choose me. I chose you, God says. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. In other words, as God has called you or God is calling you, and the call is to be fruitful. If you plant a mango tree and you never enjoy the mango from it, that mango tree is a useless tree. You have to cut it down. So the call of God is just like that. God has planted you at CCAC. God has planted you like a mango tree at CCAC. We need to see the fruits. At least, even if you are not ripe, we'll do mango pickle. We'll do pickle mango. Is it mango pickle or pickle mango? Oh, I say mango pickle. <laughs> you can do sour. Some, some usefulness, you must be useful to the place God has positioned you. The call is to be fruitful. Go and produce lasting fruit. Look at what he says. So that the Father will give you whatever you ask for. It means that for those of us who are not being fruitful in the church, the things we are asking for, God is not minding you. God will not give you your, your prayers will never be answered because you are not producing fruit in the church God has placed you in. Are you with me? When you produce lasting fruit, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. Because God doesn't reward unfruitful people. So you have been called to CCAC. Even if you are an usher, if you are a Sunday school teacher, you must bear fruit. The church must see your benefit, the improvement you bring into the church. That is your calling. You see how big the church will be here in Kwakwane. The building we have there will have to extend. Because every mango tree is, is bearing fruit. Every mango tree. The, if you are an orange, you are bearing fruit. If you are mango, if you are what? You are, you are, you are a five finger. If you are purple, everybody is bearing fruit. Can you imagine the fruits? And that is the call that God has given to you in this place here. Hallelujah. Number three, only five. I think Kokon is a nice place, isn't it? If you have to run away, you have to cross the river. Huh? Or you can go this side. What is this side? That's a forest. Oh, there, are there settlements here? People live this way? People live this side? Okay, how far in? One mile, two miles? Straight down the road? <laughs> yeah. So we'll just finish this. We'll have a break and then we come back. Is that okay? We come back at six. Wow, okay. Yeah, we rest. What food do we eat here? Kalalu? Fish? Banga Mary. You have Banga Mary here? No Banga Mary. You got Banga Mary? Okay, we go and eat some fish curry. A mango pickle. All right. What? Hasa curry? It goes, Hassa goes nice with, Pickleman goes nice with, okay. In the quarantine. The mango and the curry. Oh, really? Okay. Wow. I have to try one before I go to heaven. 
Number three, some people are called in a spectacular way. So five facts about the call of God. Number one, many are called. Number two, the call is to be fruitful. Number three, some people are called in a spectacular way. Spectacular way. Some people are called in a spectacular way. That is why many people think that they are not called. Because sometimes people are called in a very special way. So it's very clear. For example, if you are sleeping and then you have, you have a dream in the night. Like Samuel, when he was called, he was a little boy. And then he heard a voice. Samuel, Samuel. It was spectacular. It's not everybody who gets a spectacular call. Not everybody is called in a spectacular way. But some are. If you read Acts chapter 9, Acts chapter 9, verse 3, the Bible says, as he was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. How many people have you heard say or share their testimony that God called me when I was on the road to Linden? Some light came from nowhere and struck me down out of my vehicle. I was in the bus. The light come and shine me out of the bus on the roadside. And I had a voice say, my son, my son, I have called you to CCAC for wonders. How many have experienced that? If you are waiting for that, you will never hear it. The call is so interesting that it can be spectacular. But it's not everybody who gets a spectacular call. You know how I got saved? No, I, I was minding my business. Yeah. I got saved because my girlfriend ran and left me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, me girlfriend ran and left me. Oh, she could do that. Yeah. One black girl, you ran and left me. <laughs> yeah. I love, I, to me, she was my world. You are my world. You are my life. Hey. Everywhere I go, she did by my side. And when she, when she get tired, I used to carry she on my back. I said, sweetie, your, your feet can't touch the floor. If you're tired, come man. Yeah. Now, when I tell my story, my church, they laugh at me, but it's not a joke. I... I did my own wedding in my bedroom with a girl. I wasn't a Christian. Me and the girl, I arranged. I went and print something like a marriage certificate. And I went to buy a ring. You see, I couldn't wear a ring because it wasn't proper marriage, right? So she owned, I buy a ring with my initials on the ring with a hat. From under the clock. In charge that. <laughs> Cheap one. Then I invited a few friends. 
And I made her wear something like a, a wedding gown. And I dressed up. And we had a wedding in my bedroom. My father and my mother were in the house. They didn't know what was going on. <laughs> and I knew a brother who was a Christian. I invited him. I had to convince him. To say, I want this girl. I love she bad. I want love she. I want love she at all. So come and we do a little something, something. You know, you know, uh, come pray for me. And he came. And one of my schoolmates, my classmate, was the girl's mother. And then one of my best friends was my best man. Right in my bedroom with my bed and he stood right there. I have my marriage certificate. I bought some high wine for celebration. You know, I was a, I was a young man, so high wine was cheap. If you take a little shot, you go, everybody will enjoy, right? I couldn't buy beer Guinness, no, because I didn't have money. We had the wedding ceremony in my bedroom. I put the ring on your finger like that. And the brother prayed for me. Do you take care as your wedded wife? I said, yes, I do. You take him as your wedded husband? She said, yes, I do. Pronounce you husband and wife. I said, eh, just married. I was with her. She went back home. And then we do everything together. One day, after finishing uh, A levels, I went to do national service in my village. I was teaching for a while. One day, I came back home and she was married. So like, okay, I was teaching in Kwakwani. I come from Georgetown. And every weekend, I'll go to Georgetown. So I skipped two weekends. When I went home, she was married. Yeah. Just like that. I, I, I nearly killed her. Yeah, no, I, if, if it was, if it was, I was in America, I would have been in jail for life. Oh, the thing jumped from here. The pain jump here, jump here, come here. Pain in my heart. When I asked she, she tell me she was forced to marry some man so that she could go to America. I came back. Me ring was gone. And somebody ring she wearing. Initial gone. My heart was broken. <laughs> that was far better. <laughs> That one was from King's Jewelry. <laughs> Not another clock, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, I was in pain. I went to see her parents. They said, well, day one day, no business. If she come and say, this is she man, won't marry she. And they agreed, and the man married she, and the man gone back to America. Two weeks. I've never been broken in life like that that time. She begging me, man, it's not me. I want you back. I said, how can you want me back? So I said, okay, take off the ring. She watching me. I said, take off the ring. She watching me. Then I had a cousin come and whispered in my ears. He said, left she. She liked the man. I said, nah, you're a liar. <laughs> I can't believe. I can't take what you are saying. I said, okay, let's write a letter. Let's post it to the man in America that you want he no more. We sat down, we wrote a letter, everything together. Went to the post office, we put a stamp on it, 
I went to the box to put it inside. I said, put it inside. She took it. She watching me. I said, put the thing inside the box. She watching me like that. I realized that. She got, she liked the man. She got. And I, 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 I was so disappointed. I said to myself, the only thing at this point is God. So I walk into a church. I give my life to Christ. That's how I got saved. <laughs> it's not everybody whose girlfriend has to leave him. Some people kill their girlfriends when they leave them. And they find themselves in jail. They don't get saved. Yeah, some people beat them and cough them. And they get jailed. So, being called to serve God in a church in a certain way doesn't need to be so dramatic. It's not everybody who goes through that. If you get that experience, we thank God. But if you don't, we also thank God. Number four, some people are called in an ordinary way. Ordinary. Ordinary way. Some people are just called in an ordinary way. No spectacular anything. There's nothing about it that seems spectacular or anything. A reverend here, Reverend Larry, he, there's a lady who used to come to church, and the lady invited him to come to church. That was it. In fact, the lady, the lady left the church many, many years ago, and he stayed. Did you get a dream that you should, you should be with me for 17 years? No dream. Did, did God shy you out of a vehicle? But he's with me for, for 17 years. This young man used to be an altar boy at the Anglican church. He used to ride bicycle fast. <laughs> like a, a South Dakota circuit. How this right there? And then one of the ladies in our church invited him to come to church. 14 years old he was when he joined the church. Did God show you off the bicycle? And say, you see that church there? I want you there now. Just invitation. He came. And he has grown. Went to Bible school. Went to seminary. Has a diploma in ministry. Married. Has a child. Growing. Okay. He's just growing. There was nothing dramatic like how my girlfriend left me. He didn't even have a girlfriend. He didn't know what girlfriend was. Ah, but I knew what girlfriend was. Yeah. And God said, you are going to teach you a lesson. You made the girlfriend left me for kids' jewelry ring instead of under the clock ring. <laughs> and this is where I am. So it's not every call that is spectacular. As I'm preaching like this, God, you will respond to what I'm saying, not because you had a dream, but because you say, you know what? What, what, what a man is talking about. It makes sense. I feel, I feel he's talking to me. And from now, I've decided to, to do this. That's, 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 it's not spectacular. There was no tender. The river, I mean, was it in a, a few months ago, the river came over. I think the whole place was flooded. We saw pictures. Kwakwani was a very serious thing. You don't need the river to, to take over our houses before we say, yes, Lord, use me. Oh, use me, Lord. Oh, Lord, use me. I hear you. I hear you, Lord. I, Lord, I hear you. Lord. No, 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 no. As I'm preaching, as I'm teaching, you can also see that God is God has called you. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah. First Kings chapter 9, verse 11 and 12 is my scripture for the point number four. And point number five, finally. Point number five. Finally. 
Some people are called through their desires. Some people are called through their desires. Their desires. So some people don't understand that what you desire, sometimes it's God who puts it there. You get it? Some people are called through their desires. Maybe as you're growing up, your desire is to, you know, you love children. You love children. And you see people's children, you know, you like to help them, like to feed them, gather them around you, talk to them. Maybe, maybe it's something you love and you do. You'll be surprised that God has called you to take care of a Sunday school. You'll be surprised. Because Sunday school is not a simple thing. People's children are not easy to... You see, maybe you are in Kwakwani, and I think maybe Kwakwani, the children are, are nicer. Georgetown children? Uh, somebody said, they are disgusting bad. <laughs> it takes a heart for children to do Sunday school. I believe that the days where we had genuine nurses and school teachers are gone. Yeah. Now we have teachers and nurses who want money. That's why they are in the profession. I mean, a nurse, when you are sick, you go to the hospital. The nurse alone will make you feel well instead of the medicine. Now, what are you doing? You crying? Shut your mouth. Sleep. You see, too late. Sleep. People who shout at people, treat people bad, they are the ones we have now in teaching and in nursing. It's no more desire. It's money is the desire, not the profession. The Bible says in 1 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, that if any man, it is a true, this is a true saying, if a man desire the office of a bishop, he desires a good work. He desires, not that, not that God has even called him, not that he has even been chosen by the pastor, not that he has even been chosen by the elders. If a man desire, desire that, that feeling you have for something, some people are called by that. Let me tell you my testimony. Even for this gift thyself holy, pastor's association that we're going all over. I came into Guyana 2005. 2006, I felt like the country is very quiet and cold. You see, coming from West Africa, church is a big thing. Church is a big thing. Like this meeting here, you don't get a, you, you get a seat. You don't get a seat. And as I'm coming, there's a big billboard that has my picture and Pastor Court's picture on it at the riverfront. A church member has paid for it and is right there. Everybody knows that something is happening in Kakwani. Church from where I was born in Ghana, West Africa. It's a big thing. So when I came to Guyana, I felt like I have been dropped in a very quiet and cold environment where you only see Hindu temples and you only see mosques. I don't think I, you have those things here. Hindu temples. Ah, man, we should move to Kakwani, man. We should come and live here, man. They'll build a bridge over the river so that we can go to town all the time. We have Hindu temples. We have mosques, mandirs, and we have uh, 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 temples, isn't it? Uh, uh, mosque. 
And when you come to town, when you, those of you come to town a lot, you see it. Nobody has to show you what is a Hindu temple. By all them ugly things, you know what it is. If you see a mosque, by all the, the, the towers and the star, you know that it's, it's a mosque. You hardly see a church and know that this is a church. You hardly. I, I dare you, I challenge you. Next time you come to Georgetown, see if you can see a church. Apart from maybe Eccles Assembly that is on, on the, the East Bank Public Road, you, uh, which has a cross, which is just the other day. When I came 17 years ago, it wasn't like that. Many churches, when you pass by, you will not see that it's a church. And so I, I felt a burden to, to, if I could just make Christianity like a bomb in, in, in Guyana, just light it up and let it explode. Like I'm saying, in Ghana, where I was born, this program, every corner here in Kwakwani will have a poster. What I see during elections, that is what we do in church where I was born. You, 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 you know that, you know that there's a pastor court is having a program. You know, you know, you know. I mean, you can't miss it. TV, radio, posters, billboard, people going around inviting. It's so major. So when I came to Ghana, I said, no, 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 something ain't right. The place feels too cold and too quiet. So 2006, the Lord laid on my heart to do a match for Jesus. I didn't even know how it was going to work. So I gathered, I gathered a few churches um, and a few pastors, and we planned it. 2006. We planned it. Now, the interesting thing is that the day, the day of the match was a Monday. I think it was a holiday. Not knowing, getting closer to the day, then elections. That was an election, I think. I think Jagdu probably won. That's 2006 elections. I think Jagdu won the second term. Yeah, I think Jagdu won the second term. That was the election. So my stories about elections in Guyana is that people do all kinds of bad things. They, they, they break things. Once their party doesn't win, they do all kinds of things around. So when we fixed the date for Monday, it was somewhere in October 2006. Somehow, God, they put the election day on the Saturday before the Monday. And so it was just like, no, the match was on a Saturday the election was on a Monday. It was like God said, you know what? I want to do something before the election. We prayed, we organized, mobilized ourselves. We had about 5,000 church members all over. All the different churches, assemblies, Wesleyan. Even the Catholic church brought representatives. Had a much big one, 5,000 people in Georgetown. We started around 2 o'clock. By the time we came to where we started, it was about 9 p.m. And many people had left the match and gone home. (laughs) After the match, I had a vision. And the vision was a lion. It was a a tiger. It was a female tiger. It was tied to a tree. And it couldn't move. The Lord showed me that that was the sign of the violence. That was going to take place the Monday after the election. Because Jack Dio won the second term. You know, many black people don't like Jack Dio. Yeah, many black people don't like Jack Dio. At least from Georgetown where I come from. 
many black people don't like him. So people didn't want him to win the second time. And so the Lord showed me that the match that took place on a Saturday took away the violence that was going to happen on a Monday. Two thousand and seven, some pastor said, "Man, Pastor Collins, let's do the match again." I didn't feel it. I didn't feel it in my spirit that I should continue the match, but by pressure of the people, we did it. The two thousand and six and the two thousand and seven, the contrast was stark. I can tell you, only about hundred people turned up for the two thousand and seven one, as against about five thousand in two thousand and six. I was disappointed, but I knew in my heart it wasn't supposed to be. We were not supposed to do it because God used it in 2006 to do something. And for 2007, he didn't need it. So why do I want to wash the vehicle and put it there and say, you can ride? God doesn't want to ride it. One morning, I was dropping my daughter to school. There's a pastor whose daughter also comes to the same school. When I dropped my, I dropped, I dropped my daughter, he, he also dropped his daughter. Then he came to me and said, man of God, how are you? I said, I'm fine. He said, I'm having breakfast with that apostle. Do you want to come? Then he continued. He said, come. So I'll build bridges for you. I was shocked. Because I don't remember the last time I broke any bridge in Georgetown. <laughs> as far as I can remember, that the Murara Harbor Bridge was still intact. So I was, I was shocked and surprised that he would tell me as you come uh, uh, for breakfast with him and that apostle so that he will build bridges for me. I said, man, next time, man, another time. He said, okay, man, if you get some time, come, come, come see me at the office. I said, no problem. Nice, humble pastor. You know, I don't have to come and see you because you don't feed me, you don't give me nothing. But I got to come and see you. Use me, pastor. So I just went to see him one beautiful morning after I dropped my child to school. He was the one who told me how it's like, indirectly, he was the one who spoiled the 2007 match. Because this is a, a pastor who, the history is that March for Jesus is the name of an organization in Europe. They tried to have a branch here in Guyana. So the, Guyana had a match before. But they were trying to have a, an office with a representative, and I think money problems, they, they just stopped the whole idea. So he was the contact for those people in England. So he was like the national coordinator for March for Jesus. So when I came and I said, we are doing March for Jesus, a few pastors said, man, go and see this pastor, man. So I went to talk to him. And he was okay. We did the match in 2006. Not knowing when we came up with the idea again in 2007, it was like, I am coming to take his post. I'm coming to take his position. So no, it can't work. He told me how people called him and he said, he doesn't know anything about the match. He doesn't think that they should join the match. And so call after call, call after call, he, dis he discouraged all the pastors who spoke to him. But he told me that when the match started, he drove around. He came to drive around to see what was going on. It's that the guy was so happy and he enjoyed how he spoiled the match in 2007. That year, I said to myself, my spiritual father, Send me to Guyana to just start a church and train people and make sure that souls are worn and people give their life to Christ. He didn't send me here to come and do much for Guyana. So 2007, Pastor Court, I decided to
to go and I call into my shell to hide in my corner. I don't, I don't, I don't interact. I don't, I don't have pastor friends until give thyself holy started. I, I don't, I don't, I don't talk to pastors. I, my, my, my friends are my church members. Because I was broken that somebody will take me in, will think of me in such a way and sabotage a match we are marching for Jesus. So it's like, okay, in fact, one of the things he said was that I come from Africa and I think I know it all. I come to people country and I want to come and just do things without protocol. I couldn't believe it. So I decided to stay in my corner until in the pandemic, 2020, the Lord spoke to me again about bringing pastors from all over Guyana. To me, to me, it reminds me of the attempt to bring something, raise something in 2006. That it wasn't time. 2007, it wasn't time for me to do it. And so it was sabotage. It has come back. It's just like Moses, who, when he was 40 years old, went around supervising the work in Egypt, and then he saw two Hebrews fighting. Or he saw a, what, a Hebrew uh, and an Egyptian. Egyptian was fighting, beating the Hebrew, and he saved the guy. And then the next time he found two Hebrews fighting, and he said, why are you brothers and you are fighting? And they said, who made you king over us? Two Jews, two Hebrews. They, he asked, who made you? Why do you want to enter into our business and make yourself like you are our boss? We don't want you as a boss. Then they mentioned that you think you can kill us like how you killed the Egyptian? And Moses realized that people know he has killed an Egyptian. So he ran away. He went into exile. Until 40 years later, Moses was 80 years old when he saw the burning bush. So the desire he had to save the people of God in Egypt, he, it was a desire, but it wasn't ripe. It wasn't a time. He was trying to do it his own way, and God made him shut down for the next 40 years. It took me 14 years or 13 years to buy into the idea of coming to pastor court and saying, you know what, there's my association, join. The pastor made me lose interest in, in just doing anything. I just focus on, on the church that I had started. But the desire is what God is using again. I will not come to Kokwani. I will not come to Kokwani. I must be a politician or maybe I get a sweet woman here or so. I, do I drive all the way from Georgetown to Kokwani to do what? I must get some, some Dogla or Bofianda or Bofiano sweet woman. I got some dredge or some, some forest, two acre or five acre forest somewhere that I'll come to inspect my money and things. Come here and talk to the pastors about joining a pastor's association. What are you talking about? Is it all of that? Just pastor's association. association. You bring what, 12 people, 13 people to come? You, you ain't got nothing for do. <laughs> so that same desire in 2006 that made God honored that desire, but in his heart he knew it wasn't time. That's why when we attempted the 2007, it didn't work. 2020, in the pandemic, he says, this is the time. Move out. And we have pastors. We have pastors. Pastor, we have pastors. Pastor, one pastor is Pastor Samuel McPherson. He has a church in Maikoni and one branch in Trafalgar in, in Babies. Oh, Lord. 
He's the first pastor in Guyana who is not in our church who sold a seed into my life. He gave me 200 US the first two weeks that he saw me or three weeks he saw me. Yeah, he gave me 200 US dollars. US dollars. The first meeting we had in Georgetown, he was invited by one of my church members. Our church is called Shepherd House International. He said when he entered the church, he sat down and the service was going on. He saw the name of the church. Then the Lord reminded him of a dream he gave him. And he said, this is the place. This is where God is leading him to. He's now my friend and brother. He's the first pastor whose house I've eaten in Guyana. This was just the other day, 2020. And I've been here for 17 years. I don't have a pastor friend to go to a house and eat. No, 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 no. I don't like eating about. I don't like. I believe that eating is one of the ways through which things can enter into your life. I don't eat about. So church members will bring you salara, cross buns. I take it. I give it to somebody. I take it. I give it. That's me. You bring me salara like you want to do something with me or something. How do you call it? You got to do some work for me. You want dare with me, so you want me eat something I can dare with you or something you I don't eat about. I eat home. I like home food, home cooked food. I don't eat from people. <laughs> Hallelujah. The first pastor I've gone to his house was rice and rice and curry. I went with duck, duck. The curry, rice, and then with the rice they had dal puri and roti. First time I've gone to a pastor's house in Guyana to sit down with his wife and have a meal. First time. It was 2020 or 2021? 2020. Yeah. Yeah. I just had to give that. Because when he came to our church for the first outreach, he saw the church sign, the church name, and the shepherd, the shepherd with a staff and a sheep, the logo. He said, he said, this is it. He said, this is it. This is it. This is it. And since then, we have to get every outreach he comes with me. The only outreach he didn't make it was letter and this one. He's a teacher. He's an assistant. He's a deputy. The something. Some deputy or something like that. Pastor Samuel McPherson. Yeah. So, desires. He printed a book. He, he wrote a book the other day. We, we, we were the ones who, who helped him launch the book. And we were the church that bought most of the books. He loves me and I love him. First pastor's house, I've sat and eaten. Because from 2007, I said, you see how them pastors? You want me? You want to talk to nobody? Me? You want to talk to? Me? I wasn't a, I was not a, somebody who, who brings pastors together. I was also, me, this man? No, 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 no. No, 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 no. I don't want to have anything to do with any pastor. Because when I came here, no pastor brought me here. I'm, I came here by myself. I, I stayed on the east bank of Ezekiel, a village of Junujin. That's where I went to settle. I didn't know anybody in Guyana. I didn't know anybody in Guyana. I came here. And I'm here 17 years later. No pastor helped me. I remember one pastor, somebody gave me his name. I sent him an email. Up to today, he has not replied. Up to today, he has not replied. And I see him all the time. One day, I went to his office. And I said, you remember me? He said, no, I mentioned my name. I send you an email. Oh, yeah. I said, yeah, I'm here. I've come. I'm here. I'm here. 
But somebody told me, oh, if I, he said, you know, he's a very popular man. If I send him an email, if I contact him, he will help me come, get me a place to stay and all of that. Up to today, I'm still waiting for the answer to my email. So desire. Desire is something that God used to call me. I think my desire is to get something in Guyana. Guyana is quiet when it comes to Christianity. Recently, when the president called for a national day of prayer, I mean, with all due respect, I don't believe in those things. I don't think that politicians know anything about prayer. That, that's my opinion. I think that politicians should leave us to do church things. They should do politics. I think that it would have been better for maybe a meeting to be called and say, you know what? We want to have a national day of prayer. What do you think? Who organize it? How do you organize it? Okay, we'll support you and you do it. So he leaves himself out. Because, ladies and gentlemen, as much as Kokwani feels and looks very safe and clean, where we come from, there is a deception of Muslims, Hindus, and Christians living together happily ever after. There's nothing like that. There's nothing like that in any Bible. You cannot call me to a program and say, Hindu pray, Muslim pray, and Christian pray. I will not come. There's only one God. And his son is called Jesus Christ. And without Jesus, you cannot be saved. There's nothing like Gita, Lachmi, there's nothing like Muhammad. There's nothing nonsense and like that, those things. I don't share that opinion according to the scriptures. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in only him will not perish. Not the other ones. Not the other ones that are politicians and the country in the so-called unity and peace one Guyana is trying to push to the church. I will not be popular in the country because I don't appreciate those deceptions. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as I come to the end of the first session today, I want to encourage you that the call of God has five aspects to it. The first is that you have to understand that many are called. Many are called. And I'm serious about bringing money together and let's complete the church building. I'm serious about it. I'm a builder. I'm building an office block. I'm building a church. It is, ours is very big, so it's a lot of money. And the people are giving. People are giving. People are giving. I, I, in our church, I can say I take, we take three offerings on a Sunday. Three offerings. There's a first offering. Right after the prayer, opening prayer, praise and worship, we take first offering. And then, when I finish preaching, later, get to the end of the service, I take a second offering. Because by then, many people were, were now entered. When you take the first offering, a lot of people are not around. So, don't I want to give you an opportunity to be blessed? I want to give you the opportunity. So, I take a second offering. And some people give two offerings, some people give one. It's okay. I will not fail to provide a vessel for the, man, for the prophet of God to command the vessel to be filled with oil. I want to make myself available for God to use. And so when I'm taking the offering also, I call the amount. And I'm going to take an offering here to show you what I'm talking about. Some people can give $1,000. Give. Because the things that we use in our personal lives. What's your name, my dear? Michelle. Michelle and Colleen. It's Colleen, okay. Michelle and Colleen. 
the things we spend money on in our lives, 1,000 is nothing. I stand. So one of our uh, association members was having an anniversary the other day. He invited me to preach. And he said, when I finish, I should take offering for him. I realized, I realized that as he has been coming around me, he's seen how I take offerings. Because if you are building a church, it's not a simple thing. You have to be a strong leader, I tell you. And I've been doing this for years, so people are used to it. We take first offering, we take second offering. It's just like taking one offering and then taking a project or building fund. It's not two offerings. And then people give, people don't give. Then I ask people who feel like giving again to give. And I'm always surprised how many people will come forward and give. Because all I have to do is just, if you want to give, come. And it is done. So I believe, I believe that this visit is not just to gather pastors, but also to encourage the CCAC members who are here to really make sure that if it was your house, you do all that you can to roof it. I said, if it was your personal house, you, if you have to go to London and find a loan from Citizens Bank or whatever, or iPad or small business, you will do whatever you want to do and roof that bill so you can move in. Let's do that for God. Let's do that for God. Let's do that for God. I challenge you, let's do that. God at CCAC. Alright? And then the call is to fruitfulness. Some people are called in a spectacular way. Some people are called in an ordinary way. And then some people are called through their desires. Through their desires. I like to dance. And I like dancing. You know, I like this dancing. Like you, you, you know, you throw flags. and ah, I, I like that. That's your call. That's what God is calling you to do. Do it. Your desire, most of the time, take you through the call of God. Hallelujah. Give Jesus a big hand clap, if you will. We believe you have been blessed by the powerful teaching of God's Word. For booking and more information on the ministry of Bishop Collins, please call us on 592-225-6760 or email us at shepherdhousegy at gmail.com. You can also log on to www.shepherdhouseinternational.org. God richly bless you.